First Timothy chapter 2. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of tongues be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. The Bible says that we have to pray for people so we can have peace and serve God well. The previous verse actually talks about Hymenus and Alexander that Paul said he had handed over to Satan so that they would learn not to blaspheme. Then he said, I exhort therefore. I've handed over Hymenus and Alexander to Satan so that they don't learn to blaspheme. So first of all, pray for people. Because if you don't pray for people, you'll be committing them to Satan until everybody will finish. When you want them to go to heaven, they are already handed over to Satan. If you don't pray for the people, you will curse them. Eventually. Because there's a prince and the power of the air that is at work. And so if you don't pray for them, the Bible says that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. I believe that the remedy to the ISIS problem and the remedy to the Al-Qaeda problem is prayer. The Bible says we should pray for our kings and for those in authority. So we can have some peace and serve God. You know that if there should be war, many of you will lose your innocence. God, you can't sit down for people to be killing you. Charlie, you two for do something now. Or you see them for people to be killing everybody in your family. You two fight some, though you may end up dying or living. But that is not God's way. You see, when Jesus was arrested, Peter took the sword and cut somebody's ear. But proud to that, Jesus said, let's go pray. And they went to sleep. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Those physical human beings that were coming to fight Jesus, the thing was more spiritual. So Jesus says, let's go deal with this thing in prayer. It will not stop my going to the cross. It will not stop the people from coming. But it will keep us from reacting wrongly. And it will keep things the way God intended them to be. Let me say this, that trouble is common to man. Every human being will go through some trouble. I don't care how holy or pure or blameless you are. You can check the Josephs and all those guys. He spent time in prison. He didn't do anything. The guy was so clean. Danny was clean. He went into captivity. But trouble is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able to bear. But who with the temptation? You see, the point is, it's not a temptation. It's not even the trouble because it's common to man. You know, some people got this idea that as for them, they will not go through any trouble. You go through trouble, but you can reign in that trouble. And I think the devil gets frustrated when he sees reigning in life. In spite of. Some of you, husband, have not been with you for years. You're taking care of the children. You're doing well. Some of you, husband, married you and left for the overseas. Maybe you're even better off. But my point here is that we need to pray and deal with certain things spiritually so that when they happen, they work for our good. The Bible says all things work together for the good of them that love God. So every situation and circumstance that come, 
has been designed to help you. The Bible says we're glorious in tribulation because tribulation work at patience. So a believer's life is a victorious life no matter how or no matter what happens. It's designed to win. You are wired to be victorious. And that situation you are in, you are coming out stronger, wiser, with better virtues. Greater virtues. Amen. Some of you have so much trouble in your marriage, you feel like going crazy. But you see, you will never know love. I told somebody yesterday, I said, you will never know genuine love. You will not even understand it if you don't go through this. There are a lot of you, you've heard about unconditional love, but you have just heard about it. Agape. You have it, but it's not been proven. You remember last week we talked about tribulation worker patience and patience experience, and the word experience is the same word for trust. Is the word for to be proven. Is also the word for yes, experience. Mitresa, you have experience. The love is an experiential knowledge. Tell everybody can say some good stuff. When I see somebody like Mr. Haji, he's not even a pastor. But I tell you, this man, I know Jesus ranks him higher than pastors. It's not a title, it's the function. But this man's whole life is one living sacrifice. Incredible. And there are people who are walking in love. But they learned it through the things they suffered. Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the art of eternal salvation. Wow. He uttered it. He was perfect and he uttered salvation. The gospel is not just mere words. The gospel we preach to you as good news, actually, the content is perfection through suffering. It comes as good news, but the real prize was hard work and obedience to death. But my scripture says we have to pray. We have to pray. Yesterday, I just felt like praying. Yesterday was my wife's birthday, so visit, organize something small for her here. And whilst we're here, I was just, I was just hearing, in my spirit, some things were boiling. We hadn't cut the cake yet. So I couldn't step up, but I said, Honey, I feel like so we try and we cut the cake quickly and then we run to do the had some intense praying I just knew that this is correct this is good let's look at our text again first of all I exhort the four but first of all can I think again teaching on prayer he wrote a beautiful book on prayer intercession did justice to the subject of prayer beautiful material beautiful piece and he commented on this verse i read it several years ago when i was doing my national service in ketikrachi in volta north and i'll tell you some few stuff today and he said the bible says first of all and we have made it last of all he said, prayer is supposed to be first of all. When you make that which is supposed to be first of all, last of all, there's something 
wrong fundamentally. Prayer is not when you have finished everything, you've used all your energy, you are tired and you go, you're going to sleep and then you matter some few words. Lord, you understand we are tired. So that the angels can do over time. You know, my brother actually, his father-in-law is a British, but he lives in uh, Manchester and he's a white, okay. He had been a missionary in Ghana here for years and he said, African angels do over time. See, some of you, you allow your angels to do over time. Be careful. You know why? Is that when the angel has closed for the day and he's supposed to just go and rest a little bit? Then God said, Ah, angel, I'm sorry, you have to go back to work because you know that our African friend, he's driving a car. You know, the tire is not good, but he's driving it and he's speeding. The tire is not good. Change it. But we'll pray tongues and drive the. All in the name of poverty. We bind it in Jesus' name. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, everybody say first of all. Okay, so prayer is supposed to be first of all. We'll give ourselves continually, but we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. That's what Apostle said in Acts 6. Prayer and the ministry of the word. Supplications. Supplications are earnest entreaties. I have about seven or eight messages or even ten on prayer. You can get them at a bookshop or you can request for them. They'll give them to you. They are classics. Beautiful. you love them. And you need to get them. Making tremendous power available. The spirit travel. Prevailing prayer. A lot of them. Prophetic praying. When we pray. And a lot of them. And just get them. First of all, supplications. In plural. Prayers. In plural, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Some of you don't really care about Obama. But if you don't pray for Obama, to go around and come back to you. Because what every nation is afraid to do, America is bold to do. People think that presumptuously they've assumed a position. That is not unduly theirs. But I tell you, if not for America, I'm sure some people would have had their way to make life hell for some people. Look at what ISIS is doing. Now, I know America has its own challenges and mistakes because people just do mistakes. That's why you have to pray for them. It says pray for those in authority so we will have peace. The world doesn't know this. What they know is criticism. And demonstration and sometimes it's helpful but it doesn't avail much elias was a man subject to like passions like that and he prayed the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous an effectual fervent prayer is the supplications there written there that's it earnest entreaties heartfelt intense prolonged prayers where you prevail in prayer where you determine the destiny of a situation you finish it all in prayer there are different kinds of prayer and prayer by its very nature or life by its very nature 
wouldn't allow you to do certain things at certain times. So there are certain times you can't do heartfelt, earnest entreaties because they are prolonged prayers, four hours, six hours, prevailing. Sometimes you don't have the space to do that. So you may pray a prayer of faith or just say some few words which will also work. But you see, it has its potential. It has its destiny. What it's supposed to do or accomplish. We have so much resource that can enrich our prayer. We have prayer of agreement that increases exponentially by a multiplier effect our prayers. It means that Okay, one will chase a thousand, two will not chase two thousand, not four thousand, not five thousand, but ten thousand. So when two agree upon a thing, it's more powerful. So I'm praying and the prayer is not availing much. I can just agree with the brother and we push it and pray through. We have other things also that can help us. The prophetic word, prophetic anointing that helps our praying, revelation into the situation. It gives us a better insight so we are able to have a grip on what we're dealing with. But he said, first of all, supplications. Dr. Joe taught us. He said, supplications from two words. You remember? Supply and application. Now, prayer is the supply of the spirit. I've taught this for years. Prayer is the supply of the spirit. We'll get into that in a minute. Prayer is a supply of the spirit of grace. Prayer is a supply of divine energy supernatural energy when you pray you're actually releasing you're making tremendous power available you're releasing divine power every time you pray prayer is so powerful he said the king of england said i don't fear anything in this world except the prayers of john knox <laughs> may that be your testimony in jesus name then prayers then intercessions intercession is standing the gap literally taking over somebody's burden in prayer mostly for souls hallelujah and giving of thanks all right two points i want to make here quickly and then we get into prayer a little bit of praying and then i can minister to you before you go hallelujah we have different kind of prayers here we have four kinds we have supplications prayers intercession and giving of thanks it said be made for all men why because everybody needs grace and prayer is the supply of grace. Your mother needs some of the prayers. The president needs some of the prayers. The parliamentarians, they need the prayers. They need the prayers. Those who make the policies, they need the prayers. When the resources of a nation are at your disposal, one wrong move. One wrong move. I watch a movie out of time. And it was just one wrong move by a police officer. One wrong move. So we pray, because you're talking of destinies of millions to some extent. But prayers are able to avert tragedy. Yeah, he's saying that all men should be prayed for. Let's look at the next verse. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. You know when the system gets so corrupt, sometimes you get frustrated. You just get corrupt too. So if you don't pray and everything gets corrupt, it catches up with us. Because here you are, you're in business or you're a contractor. And you know that 
the person is giving you the contract now his percentage is inside it's an unwritten constitution the thing is a convention and then the guy who is coming to supervise his work they call it protocol and the money that is left to do the job is so small that he can't do the job well and you too you have to make your profit because nobody's in a business to lose sometimes you borrowed money and the government doesn't want to pay you and you're supposed to do the contract it's easy to compromise on your integrity if you live in a system where wrong is right you know the bible says that because iniquity will abound the love of many works cold because that would just be the norm it would be so normal that it's not i believe in some countries now when somebody's a gay it doesn't really mean anything something we frown on here some people have are so buried in it that it's very normal a child returns from school and tells the mom i think i'm a gay mommy i think i'm a gay and the parents say wow they call it sexual orientation i'm telling you it's not an abomination anymore that's just his sexual orientation and they have a nice way of explaining it they say when a child is born the nurse or the midwife will just raise the child and look under and if there are testicles and his senior brother then he says a male if he's not there then okay he's a female but then according to the psychologist it's not just the male organ and female organ that makes somebody a male or a female the person's entire constitution so you can have somebody who is a male but his whole system is female you see it sounds convincing <laughs> i almost convinced you so these guys just attracted to boys to guys to men psychologists can i tell you that your ward or your patient or your client has a demonic problem we can help him it's abnormal We can help him. The Bible says in Romans 1 that it is against nature. It says they are vile affections. Strange lust. It's against nature. Even the dogs are smarter. No, they can tell a male dog from a female dog. Now, but let's not deviate. My point here is that if we don't pray, after a while, the system will catch up with us. So, for us to lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, we should pray. We have to pray. Now, look at the next verse. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. What is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior? Stay with me in verse 3. For this is good. What is good? What is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior? We don't know. That's where those of us who have the Amplified Bible, that's where... We know what thou knowest not. Whithersoever thou wentest. Okay, put the same thing in Amplified Version. Let's see if you tell us something different. I told you last Monday, you need an Amplified Bible, right? Is it clearer here? Okay, go to the King James and come back to the Amplified. And let's see if anything has changed. Let's read. First Timothy 2, 3, 1 go. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. We don't know what is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Because saying a lot of things. This is good. What is good and acceptable in the sight of God 
The Amplified Version says, For such praying, this big English simply means God is happy when you are praying because he knows you are solving the problem. Jesus solved it, but the way you dispense it. Yesterday we talked about dispensing grace. We said that the Bible actually uses the word the economy of grace. And we said the word is oikonomia, dispensation of grace. The word is oikonomia, from which we get our English word economy, which is household management. And I explained yesterday that an economy refers to the world and the resources of a nation in terms of production and consumption of goods and services. The financial statement of a country is how resources are managed in a country. And Paul said that. In Ephesians 3.1, it says, if you understand the dispensation of grace, the economy of grace that was given to me, and we said God runs an economy, and the resources are the things that Jesus has procured for us. And we now have to do what? Manage the resource. How do we do it? By preaching the word, telling people what is available, and then also praying, supplying grace. It's an economy of grace. So what we manage is grace. All you need to do is just to be praying for your husband. Pray for him. He will change. Because the Bible actually says it. Look at the next verse. For sight praying is good and right and is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior. King James, next verse. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. This is what your prayers will do eventually it will cause men to be saved and it will bring people to the knowledge of the truth everybody say amen Amen. now i want to stop here and i just want to pause say two things and then we can get into some action there are different graces upon nations communities groups families and individuals the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of God are not limited to just the manifestation of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophecy, you know, healing, and the rest, to the rest of the nine. But there are different endowments, abilities, special abilities, and capabilities, and, uh, you know, talents and skills that God just gives to people. And it's not just limited to individual. There are communities that can have a gift. Localities. Districts. Actually, we read that in the Bible. I want you to know of the grace of God upon the churches in Macedonia. Macedonia is a, is a region. The chief city is Philippi. Named after Philip Macedon. So they call the region Macedonia. And they call the city Philippi. And Paul said this. I want you to know, he was writing to the Corinthians, and he said, I want you to know about the grace of God upon the churches of Macedonia. A whole region has a gift. There's a particular grace on all of them. The Ashantis have some kind of grace. Everybody knows it. The Nigerians have some kind of grace. The Evans have some kind of grace. Spiritually, that's how it is too. You can have a church that has a particular endowment. It looks like everybody in a particular church has some stuff. 
I don't want to get into the details because sometimes people read interpretations into these things. But it's just true that there's some grace or graces upon people. I said I was going to say just two things and then we can get into some action, right? So the first thing is this. There's a grace upon Ghana. We have a grace to pray. Can I tell you something? The whole revival you see in the world. The American revival, Yonggi Cho said, they prayed it. Korea actually prayed the revival that hit America. They prayed it. There's a prayer mount in Korea where you have at least 3,000 prayer warriors. At least. At least 3,000 prayer warriors. They are there praying. Then people come. So you have 30,000. You have just too many people. You two, if you want to pray, just go and pray. Now, we have that kind of grace. Ghana has. And we even have it more. Their grace was bet out of desperation. Someone was sharing the testimony. How they got to the place where they say, God must do something or we die. Somebody was sharing the testimony. How people will hold a shrub. And they say, we'll be pulling this shrub until it uproots. And they'll do it until blood is flowing out of their hands. Praying and just pulling the, the shrub. They employ every means. They say, we're going to pray because they were praying that God would deliver them from imperialism. And from their oppressors. From the dominion of the Japanese. And they were so desperate. And that is why any nation that is at the brink of collapse in terms of economic situations or social decadence or any hardship you can turn that into a revival because anything that tests you to pray is a good incentive actually the early church we realized that the persecuted church was a church that was doing well when the church was comfortable they were not doing well when persecution came at the martyrdom of stephen because something must happen But the point I'm making here is that the kind of grace that was on Korea, that's a grace on us. Ghanaians just pray. There's no country in the world where people pray like Ghana. Probably. No wonder the prophetic grace is stronger on this country than any single country or nation in the whole world. But that is a priestly responsibility we have. That's the grace on us. That's the gift we have. And people are praying, and I thank God for that. But, about 70% of all the prayers we pray are wrong prayers. Actually, I believe with all my heart, that if we were praying the right prayers, by now the whole world would have been evangelized. Because we pray a lot. If you go to the mountains, both the holy and the unholy ones, there are people there, six men, they are just praying. I'm telling you, some people have been there, they tell me that some guys have been there two years. And they're just praying. You know, you can't stop prayer. You saw what happened to the castle. The castle became a, a prayer center. Yes. During a Tamil's era. If you give a space, we will even pray in the president's office. Because he needs prayers. Ghana is a prophetic nation. 
and we pray. But our prayers are not availing much because of some of the wrong teachings, the influx of wrong teachings into the body. Amen? There are some prophetic prayings that may demand certain things. In fact, certain things are incentives. For example, we are praying. It's okay, it's not wrong. It's just giving us rhythm and momentum to pray more. So it's okay. God is not against it. Anything that will help you pray is okay, right? It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Is there anything wrong with it? Yes. I mean, just give us the rhythm. If that is what will give us the energy and the incentive, there's nothing wrong with it. Are you here? So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about content. For example, every witch that says, you will marry this year. Lift up your hands. He must die. He must die. He must die. He must die. Die, 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 die. And the person may actually even die. But must they die? We don't see those kind of prayers in the New Testament. Okay? We see those prayers in the Old Testament because they didn't know about demons. How many times do you see the word Satan in the Old Testament? How many times? Few times. You rarely see Satan. They didn't know about demons. They knew they were evil spirits. But they didn't know that the real enemy was not man. So, David prayed against his enemies and those things were, it's like a type. The enemies there were physical enemies. You see, they were in the flesh. Remember the Old Testament, everything was, was carnal. They were sensual men. So, you can't go and pray David's prayers when you have Paul's prayers. What is the right way to pray? You pray New Testament prayers. You pray based on the finished work of Christ. And based on our victory in Christ. If you have to pray against demons, don't pray as if you are now going to fight them. Pray as if they have already been overthrown and you are keeping them where they are supposed to be. Amen. There are some more things to say, but I'll leave them. And then we can get into them some other time. Because I wanted to talk about prophetic praying. You know, one of the best ways to pray is where you flow from worship into prayer. It will help you not to pray the wrong prayers. Because the Holy Spirit takes over your heart. So you end up praying by the Holy Spirit. Uh But when we just use the flesh, then we want to pray sensual prayers. You don't even know why God gave you tongues. Because he knows that Everybody is selfish. So, if you are allowed to just pray what you want, you pray very selfish prayers. And that's what we do. Most of our prayers is just all about ourselves, ourselves, ourselves. When the Bible says pray for all men, the greatest percentage of your prayer must be thanksgiving and intercession for the saints. Amen? The interesting thing is when you pray for yourself, it's just about you. But when you pray for somebody, the blessing returns to you because you are sowing it. So you benefit equally. I used to pray for my pastor. 
you know, my pastor used to pray for seven hours every day. And I was the leader of the prayer warrior. So guess what? I was praying 15 hours. My pastor was praying seven hours with a wife every day. And me, prayer warrior. I couldn't pray less. And about 40% of all those prayers were just for my pastor. The rest were global intercessions. Amen. Reverend Agbo will tell you. I had a testimony so many years when I was a young man. He came to my preaching my church. And I couldn't believe it. They would tie their belly. They would tie their belly just because they are going to groan. I mean, people were that serious. Since the day I heard it, we've never ceased to pray for you. Some of you forget your converse too quickly. Paul said, from the day I heard that you heard the gospel, I've not stopped. Why will you stop? That's what keeps the person going. Do you know why we have poor quality of Christians today? It's because we don't pray for them. Everybody's like, what is happening? Yeah, the problem is we don't pray for them. We pray, but we pray for ourselves. Amen? So we're going to be on our feet. We're going to get on our feet, and then we're going to pray. And um, we're going to lead some prayers. And it will cover you. I say to cover you. Okay, I want us to be on our feet. There are very anointed men of God here. Very anointed men of God. And I tell you, when men of God pray, things happen. We're going to pray. I'm telling you. Look, some things will happen right now. You will be glad you came to service today. I'm telling you. On your way to church, you see people, a lot of people say, please pray for us. Pray for us. And you go, you never pray for them. Please, when you go, you pray for her. You say, hmm. You never. The next time you are coming to church and somebody says, when you go pray for me, when you come to church, get some space and pray specifically for the person who asks for prayer. I'm serious. You know what it does? When worship flows, the Holy Spirit floods your heart. You can't pray wrong prayers. Your bowels of compassion are loosed. And you pray according to the Spirit. Your Father, who maltreated you, you can love Him now. And pray genuinely for Him. Your tormentors. Pastor, don't harm yourself. We are right here. The jailer, the people who flock off are doing no wrong. He was ready for their salvation. When worship floods your heart, you can pray judgmental prayers. You pray like God, you speak like God. Curses over lands be removed. Oh. from your heart whether it's thanksgiving for all men whether it's intercession whether it's supplication everybody in this house we are talking to God and we are praying and as the Holy Spirit leads you there are anointed men of God here they will join our prayers they will join our prayers Thank you.
Last 
nations. Pray for your families. Pray for kings. Pray for presidents. Give thanks for all men. As you are led by the Spirit.
total restoration of the glory of our land. The glory of our land. Let the beauty of the Lord be seen in us. I see the garment of praise on you. 
garment of praise. Garment of praise. Worship, there's a garment of praise on you. Praises. Instead of the spirit of heaviness.
Yo me lo sure me shanda Touch your miracle. Lay hold on your miracle. Whatever you've been believing God for is yours today. Thank you, Jesus. Sing it. Oh, my God.
will never be the same. All the sorrow, all the pain is over. The confusion and the frustration and the turmoil is over. May you know peace and prosperity. May God meet you. May you meet God. May God's sovereignty be your portion. Please be seated one that hand place your hand on your chest